Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Guys, this is episode number 192, which means we are only eight episodes away from 200. That's really hard to believe. 200 episodes, I don't know, I feel like that's no joke. That's a lot of time spent together talking about nutrition and fitness and uh, healthy behaviors, mindset work. That's a lot of episodes. So that's exciting. That's one thing that's coming up. Uh, Another thing that's been going on is we've been doing a lot more nutrition assemblies. I'm really excited just for the opportunity to be able to share nutrition with such a large group audience. We have so much fun. The kids have a ton of fun and they're learning, which is just the best part of all of it. Uh, Being able to bring nutrition into the schools, especially when the kids are young, getting them to think about making healthier choices is huge. And so if you are interested in having an nutrition assembly come to your school, go check out our website, bodymetricshealth.com. And on the main page, the main homepage, there is a section called Healthy Kids Initiative. And you can click on that, look at some of the assemblies we have, and then if that's something you're interested in bringing to your school, uh, you can fill out the forms. One thing that we're really excited about is we're going to do a middle school nutrition assembly this year. Uh, I'm freaking out a little bit because that is a hard age. I know that because I'm raising children in that age group. I've been asking for my kids for input um, on some of my ideas, and so far I've gotten, that's stupid, that's dumb, yeah, don't do that. (laughs) My girls, because this is the school that I'll be talking to, are mortified that I'm coming. So I was messing with them last night and telling them, you know, I think I'm just going to call you both down, make sure I make an announcement that I am your mom. And then maybe do some really embarrassing dancing or singing uh, that I'll ask you for help. And they're like, Mom, no, you cannot do that. Please do not tell anyone that you are our mom. And I was like, all right. I said, well, I can promise, you know, I won't do that, but I can't speak for dad. And they both looked terrified. Like, what do you mean, dad? I was like, well, dad usually comes with me. He helps me set up. He's like my assistant when I need things moved or help with the computers. Um, Dad helps me out. And the look of terror on their faces was priceless. Like, please do not let dad talk or do anything. Oh, my goodness. You cannot let dad (laughs) do anything with this assembly, please. And so it brought me a little bit of joy. I'm not going to lie that they are more terrified of him embarrassing them than me. So I'll keep you updated. That assembly's the end of March. So I'll share with you how things are going, uh, how the planning is coming, and then let you know how it ends up. But uh, yeah, lots of fun things happening. 
So today we have a very practical podcast for you. It's how to get more protein in your diet. I feel like protein's a pretty hot topic. Uh, protein is a macronutrient. So when we talk about macronutrients, there's three of them. You've heard of them before. Carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And protein is pretty important because it's responsible for building and maintaining body tissues. So what are body tissues? Uh, body tissues are things like muscles, bones, connective tissue, blood vessels, blood cells, brain cells, skin, hair, and fingernails. So pretty much protein is everywhere. And again, it's so important because it's responsible for maintaining all of these tissues in addition to replacing old tissue and then the growth of new body tissue. Extremely important because our bodies are not stagnant. We are constantly evolving. Every four weeks, you make new skin cells. Every three months, you make new red blood cells. Your cells are in constant turnover because we are living, breathing organisms, which means things wear out and things die and they need to be replaced. And so protein is the critical macronutrient that is responsible for all of this healthy turnover. Now, I told you, as we get older, there's more wear and tear on our tissues. They need to be replaced. But our bodies are so much better at this tissue replenishment and turnover when we are younger than it is when we're older. And that makes sense because when we're younger, think kids, ages, children, teenagers, even young adults, there's growth and development happening. So there needs to be a faster rate of growth than teardown. Otherwise, we would never grow. We would never develop. So it makes sense that this turnover rate is so much quicker when we are younger. Couple that with just the natural teardown of getting older and tissue replenishment just isn't that fast when we get older, which impacts our, our strength, our function, our metabolism. You know, we can't eat in our 40s, 50s, and 60s like we did in our teens and 20s. We just, we don't have the capability to burn those calories as quickly because we don't have the ability of that turnover, that protein synthesis, like we did when we were younger. Now, how does all this repair work? It's actually quite interesting. So when you eat food, especially foods that have protein in them, those proteins are broken down by enzymes, which interestingly enough, enzymes are proteins, all right? So the protein in your food gets broken down by enzymes and converted into amino acids. So amino acids are basically the building blocks of protein. All right, they're the little tiny building blocks that make up a protein. Uh, there are some that are essential that we need to get through our diet, and then there are some that our body can make on their own. So once we break down the protein into the smallest form, amino acids, they those amino acids enter cells and other enzymes that act on the instructions translated from DNA start to begin to reassemble them as new protein, 
which helps build and repair tissues. That's how it works. So the protein gets broken down into its simplest form and then built back up. Now, as we age, remember, we lose muscle mass, strength, and function. And protein is critical, along with strength exercising, to help rebuild muscle. If you want to have a faster metabolism, it would be in your best interest to increase your muscle mass. And you do that with strength training and protein in your diet. Now here is a fun fact that you may find interesting. Protein has the highest thermal effect of all the macronutrients. So what is thermal effect? Thermal effect is how many calories it takes to break down food when you eat. So obviously the act of digestion burns calories. Now it's not a lot, you know, it's anywhere between five, 20%, but protein is the highest of all the macronutrients. They're closer to 20%. I even saw a statistic that said maybe even close to 30%. So that means the body uses more energy to digest a protein than it does to break down a carbohydrate or a fat in your food. So if you are looking for a weight loss advantage, increase the protein in your diet because you're not actually absorbing all those calories because 20% of it is being used just to break down the food you're eating. So fun fact. Let's talk about sources of protein. So we usually categorize them into animal sources and plant sources. Okay, so animal sources are gonna be things like poultry, fish, beef, pork, lamb, eggs. We also have dairy, things like Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, milk, cheese, technically ice cream, that falls in there too. And then there's plant sources, things like tofu, lentils, beans, chickpeas, nuts, seeds, quinoa, peas. All right, so there are tons of sources of protein in our diet. Some are higher than others. Uh, we can also categorize proteins as complete versus incomplete. Complete basically means that all the essential amino acids are present in the food. We want to make, again, some is essential ones we have to get through our diet. In order for our body to function well, we need the essential amino acids. Incomplete proteins do not have all the essential amino acids present. So it's important that if you are following a more plant-based diet, which consists of more incomplete proteins, you combine different foods together so that you get a complete protein when it's all said and done. So if you eat a piece of chicken, chicken is a complete protein. So you will get all your essential amino acids when you eat a piece of chicken. But if you're not eating meat, which is okay, if you are eating rice, you will get some of the essential amino acids, but you will not get all of them. A great option is to pair rice with beans because the amino acids, essential amino acids present in beans aren't present in rice. So when you put the two foods together, now it's as if you are eating a complete protein. Quinoa is one of the few plant proteins that is a complete protein. 
So that is one that you can eat and rest assured you are getting all your essential amino acids when you're choosing that plant. So again, if you're doing animal products, you don't necessarily have to worry about not getting enough of the amino acids, but if you are doing plants, you want to combine different plants together. So that way you can ensure you are getting everything you need. Now, if you are choosing animal sources, the biggest concern is fat because some of these animal sources carry a lot more fat with it than others. All right, so depending on what your goal is, you may want to choose more lean sources of protein. So sticking more with the chicken and the turkey and the fish, maybe egg whites can be helpful versus some of the fattier meats and the processed meats like sausage and bacon and pepperoni and prime rib. You know, when you can visibly see fat, it's not a lie, it's there. If you can see it, you wanna trim it off. All right, because that's going to help decrease the amount of calories total in the product. So again, there's a lot we want to look at. Nutrition is complex, um, but it's also not a bunch of rigid rules. So, you know, if you want to enjoy something that is maybe a little heavier in fat, you just want to pair it with things that are lighter. So that way it kind of all balances out. You want to make sure that if you're looking from a cardiovascular standpoint, from heart health, and you want to choose more protein in your diet, you want to choose more lean sources so that your fat intake doesn't exceed a healthy level. So the next question I get often is how much protein do I need? Well, if you look at the current RDA, recommended daily allowance, uh, they are going to recommend 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So you take your weight, you divide it by 2.2, and you take that number and you multiply it times 0.8. So if you are a 150 pound person, 0.8 grams per kilogram would be about 55 grams of protein a day. Depending on the research you do, um, a lot of the studies I read uh, or the um, medical professionals that I follow is they recommend that um, 0.8 grams is a great number if you want to survive. But if you are looking to thrive, then you are going to need a little bit more. Some argue somewhere between 1.2 and 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. All right. Um, if you're looking for a recomposition to increase your lean body mass, uh, you're doing a lot of strength training, uh, you can go up to as much as one gram of protein per pound of body weight or two to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So there's a lot of different numbers out there and trying to figure out which one is the most attainable to you and the one that works best for you because sometimes a higher protein diet doesn't feel good in some people's bodies or it could be contraindicated because of a medical condition. So if you are in really poor kidney health uh, we would want to make sure that we're monitoring your protein intake so as we don't um, 
We don't tax the kidneys. If you look at a protein molecule, it's made up of nitrogen and hydrogen atoms. Carbohydrates and fats are made up of carbons, hydrogens, and oxygens. Proteins is made up of nitrogen and hydrogen. Nitrogen is only processed through the kidneys. So it would make sense that if you are having some type of a compromised kidney issue, you don't want to make it work harder than it has to. So before you just dive in and start throwing a whole bunch of protein into your diet, it's really important that you talk to your medical professional or you talk to a dietitian who can look at your medical history and, uh, and assess what a healthy level of protein for you would be. And again, that's going to vary depending on your goal and what you're doing with exercise. So I always say, first, we got to figure out what your needs are. And then the next step is to assess your baseline. Where are you at? Uh, it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you're at now. So great way to explain this is when you need to find direction somewhere. You go into your Google Maps, you type where you're starting, and you type where you want to go. If you don't have a starting place, Google Maps can't give you directions. So we have to first see how far off the mark are we. Maybe we're closer than we think. Maybe we're doing a great job and we don't have to radically change everything. So we do an assessment. We calculate how many grams of protein you're eating through your diet. And then, depending on how far away you are from the goal, you know, I say, let's try to increase 10% every week or two until we get to goal. We'll do it slowly. We don't have to do it so much all at once. That feels overwhelming and we usually don't follow through. Now, I always say the goal is to get it through food first because not only, you know, when you eat um, a food with protein in it, not only do you get protein, but you also get various other vitamins and minerals and nutrients. And that's a good thing. Anytime that we can eat a diet that has variety in it, we're going to get more nutrients than if we eat the same boring foods over and over again. So we want to try to get it through food first because of the benefits. But if you're struggling to hit your goal, you can take a supplement. That is an option. All right. So supplements can come in the form of bars, powders, or even ready-to-drink shakes. Like I know Costco has premier shakes, right? Like you basically just shake it up and drink it. It's ready to go. You don't have to do anything. A powder, you're going to have to either put in some type of liquid and stir it with a spoon or put it in a shake or add it to um, something that you're cooking. Like some people will add it to oatmeal, add it to yogurt. So there's definitely different ways you can add a powder, mix it into something. Uh, and like I said, bars can be another option. But again, always look to get it through your food first. But if you can't get there, then a protein supplement can be helpful. I know for me per personally, uh, I can get probably 80% of my goal through foods. And I've been tweaking things and manipulating things and trying new things. But I found that I'm pretty consistent getting 80% of my needs through my diet. And so for me, a protein powder is just a really easy way to get me to that 100%. All right. Now, when you're looking for a protein powder, a couple different things. There's different sources of protein. Uh, it could come from whey or casein or soy or pea. 
So there are animal-based protein powders and there are plant-based protein powders. See which one works best for you. I always tell my clients, if your protein powder sounds like a really fun ice cream flavor, it's probably not the protein powder for you because that means there's a ton of other ingredients added to it, um, whether it's added um, flavors or colors or chemicals or you know artificial sweeteners. Like that's not why we're drinking a protein shake. <laughs> we're trying to get protein to help us reach our goal. So if you want all those other ingredients, like let's look elsewhere. I get the question a lot about collagen. What about collagen? Can collagen count towards my protein? Collagen is interesting because, you know, it can provide protein. It can. But if your goal is to build muscle tissue, collagen actually is not your best source. And the reason being is because it's lower in leucine. And leucine is one of those amino acids that's really critical in muscle rebuilding. So take collagen if you want to improve your hair, your skin, your nails, uh, joints. Great. I'm not saying don't take it. But if you're looking to rebuild muscle, that's probably not where you want to be getting your protein source. You're going to want to get it through other foods or one of the supplements we've already talked about. Just a quick note to my vegetarians and my vegans. It is absolutely possible for you to get the recommended amount of protein you need through your diet. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it and that you have to eat meat or you have to eat animal products in order to hit your protein. That's just not true. But you are going to have to be a little bit more intentional when it comes to your planning, when it comes to you know selecting different products at the grocery store. And the only reason being is because plant proteins just don't have as much protein as animal products do. It's there. It's in there. It's just not as much. So you have to be very intentional about always selecting sources with protein to make sure that you can hit your numbers. Also, note that if you are eating a plant-based diet or a vegetarian vegan diet, which is fine, know that when, well, let me back up here. If you have a higher protein need, just know that in your attempt to reach those higher protein numbers, you are also going to be eating a lot of carbs. And that is okay. Plants have carbohydrates in them. If you are eating a plants-only diet that have the majority of carbohydrates and maybe a moderate to low amount of protein, and you have a higher protein goal to get to, it means you're going to be eating more carbohydrates. I had a client once tell me she wanted to follow a low-carb vegetarian diet, but she also wanted to eat more protein because she had a fitness goal. I was like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> if you're going to eat plants, you're going to get carbohydrates. It's just one does not come without the other. And again, I'm not making that a bad thing. I'm just saying I want to set you up with realistic expectations. So your top sources of protein, if you are following more of a vegetarian or a vegan diet, are going to be things like quinoa, 
your beans and legumes, lentils, oats, nut butters, nuts, seeds, vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli, spinach. Uh, if you're doing eggs and Greek yogurt and cottage cheese, uh, it's definitely going to be a little bit easier if you have some dairy in your diet and eggs. But if not, then we're going to stick with some of the other foods I just mentioned. All right, so lots of different options. Uh, just a couple tips to help you get started if it comes to increasing your protein. Number one, uh, especially if you are perimenopausal and you are... Um, or you're looking to build more muscle, maybe you're starting a new strength program, uh, I always recommend aim for 25 to 30 grams at each meal. 25 to 30 grams of protein at each meal. If you're struggling with this, you know that's where working with a dietitian can be really, really helpful. We can look at the foods you like. We can look at the foods um, that you most often eat in your diet and make recommendations for how to increase Sometimes it's hard to come up with new ideas, especially when it just feels overwhelming. And so that's our job. We love to come up with different foods that you may enjoy. Uh, we have meal planning software where we can type in, you know, looking for breakfast foods with 25 grams of protein. And with a database of over 6,000 recipes, I'm sure we can find some options for you that you like. We'll even make you a cookbook and send it to you. All right, so tip number one is try to aim for 25 to 30 grams at each meal just to help you reach your goal. Tip number two, always try to pair your carbohydrate snacks with some source of protein. Not only does this help with blood sugar management and with hunger fullness cues, but it's also another opportunity for you to get a little bit more protein. Um, I think carbohydrates are great right? Like an apple as a snack, fantastic option. But if you can put that apple with a couple nuts and just get a little bit of protein out of it and it not be a hardship to eat the two together, why would you not? So if you're eating a snack, a healthy snack, always just try to make sure you have at least some source of protein to go along with it to help balance it out. Tip number three, prep ahead. Plan ahead, right? Um, one of the drawbacks of journaling at the end of the day is uh, you get to the end of the day. First of all, you're hoping that you remembered everything. I don't know about you, but my memory is not as great as it used to be. Um, but at the end of the day, when you calculate your totals and you add them up and you realize you were 20 grams short, there's really nothing you can do about it. It's too late. So planning ahead Actually, maybe mapping out a game plan for the day will help ensure that you reach that number versus hoping you get to it and then being discouraged when you miss again. All right. We always want to create a plan. Planning is awesome. Prep ahead. If it's easier to prep ahead some foods so that you can just grab and go in the moment, you're more likely to pick it than having to, to cook something or pull it together. It's just too much work. And then tip number four is buy ready-to-go proteins. All right, so great sources can be, or I should say great, easy, quick sources can be things like a rotisserie chicken, um, chicken sausages, tuna pouches, 
I know um, at Costco, they sell, Kirkland sells a turkey breast. It's four pounds. Um, my family goes through a whole four pounds a week because I have three teenage boys who don't know how to stop eating. But if you are not going to go through four pounds of turkey breast in a week, it freezes beautifully. So when my kids were really young and we weren't eating as much, uh, I would take it and cut it up into quarters or even thirds, wrap it up really tightly and stick it in the freezer, and then pull out each chunk as you're ready to use it. Um, those pre-made turkey breasts are just, they're amazing. You can slice them, put them on a sandwich. You can cube them up, put them in a salad. Uh, the other day I just cubed them up and ate them with my fingers because that's the kind of day it was. Uh, you can throw them into soups. You can heat them up and have it for dinner. Like it's so versatile. There's no additives in it and it is already pre-cooked, meaning everything is better <laughs> when you, that's one less step you have to do. Especially for those meals, you know the meals where it says you have to cook chicken and then you have to cook the dish? I, I hate them. I'm like, no, I'm already cooking when I cook the chicken the first time. It, that should be it. I shouldn't have to pre-cook to cook my meal. So if you use something like that, it's already done and you can get right to making the actual meal. Uh, Hard-boiled eggs are a great grab-and-go option. Um, canned beans. Oh, I love canned beans. I'm not going to cook beans. I'm just not. Maybe that will change at some point in my life, but I don't foresee myself at this stage of the game with how busy we are um, soaking beans overnight and then cooking them for hours and hours. Not when I can just open a can, throw them through a colander, rinse them off really well, and have them ready to go. I am much more likely to eat beans when they're ready to go than if I had to do a two-day process to get them there. So those are my quick, easy protein sources that you can just grab and go and help you reach your goals. All right? <sighs> that was a lot of information, but hopefully you found it extremely helpful. And again, if you need more help with this, that's what we're here for. Okay, so give us a call. Uh, you can go to our website, bodymetricshealth.com. You can give our office a call. 610-454-7332. We're happy to verify your insurance coverage. Remember, most people come to us, they don't pay anything. They have no out-of-pocket costs because they go through their health insurance. So why not take advantage and get some extra help if you need it? All right, so let's talk about your recipe for the week. So I'm actually giving you a... Oh, you know what? I just realized when I gave you your, <laughs> sorry, I totally blanked out there because the recipe this week is a chickpea tofu taco scramble. And as I'm looking at the title in my head, I just realized when I gave you the top sources of protein for vegetarians and vegans, I did not say soy. What the heck? That's, a, that's my bad. I'm sorry. Soy is an excellent source of protein and it's plant-based. So I, my apologies. Plus soy is really high in calcium too. So that's another reason why you want to include it. All right. The recipe I'm giving you today is a chickpea tofu taco scramble. And it's really, really simple. And this might be a great way to introduce tofu into your diet if you're not eating it currently. Uh, this recipe is for one serving. And this recipe has 40 grams of protein in it. 
That's right, I said 40. So let's give it a try. All right, for this recipe, we need a teaspoon of olive oil, a quarter cup of shallot, minced, or you can just do regular onion, whatever you got on hand, a quarter cup of cherry tomatoes, 11 ounces of tofu, you want to choose the extra firm variety. Go ahead and drain it from the package. Press it to get all that extra moisture out of it. And then go ahead and crumble it up. You're also going to need a half a cup of chickpeas cooked. So that means buy it in a can and it's already cooked. A half a teaspoon of taco seasoning and a half of a lime juiced. This is where it gets really simple. You're going to take a pan Warm the oil up in the pan over medium heat, and then you're gonna saute that shallot and tomato for about two to three minutes, just to get it warm. Next, you're gonna add your crumbled tofu, your chickpeas, and your taco seasoning, and you're gonna mix it well, and you're gonna cook it for about three minutes until everything is heated through. And then finally, you are going to squeeze that lime on top, or if you bought lime juice, drizzle that lime juice over top, and it's done. How simple is that? And it's a ton of protein and it's all great ingredients. So I hope you try it. I hope you enjoy it. If you make it, let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, and if you have questions, again, reach out. We're happy to help. As always, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you all have a fantastic week and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.